And welcome back for another episode of the Blackwatch Report. I'm your host, Thorn Rain. With me this evening, as always, my co-host, Mr. Kyle Wynn. How are you doing tonight, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Just played some PUBG Deathmatch before this, which is a weird thing. But, uh, dude, I've been, I've been playing all sorts of weird games this last week. I played some 2K with my friends last night. Like We all played on the same screen with the whole Steam uh, remote play thing, which was fun. All right. uh, I got Rocket League again. I've just been playing all of the random games I don't play much anymore. So it's been a weird week, man. Weird week. Yep. Uh, yeah, played some Overwatch. Uh, season six of Apex Legends just came out, so I checked that out. Uh, kind of digging the changes. I would like to get back into that a little bit more. Uh, messed around again in some Minecraft, and then tonight after the show, I'm gonna I'm hop into Fall Guys for the first time. My kid gifted it to me, bought it for himself, so we're gonna we're gonna pair up and get super rage filled. Because I already know that it's not going to go good. But uh, it looks like so much fun. <laughs> but not a whole lot going on. We had our interview with uh, Dan last week. Uh, got some really good news out of that. Um, here in just a couple hours. We're True gonna... double bracket incoming. <laughs> yes, the, the double bracket, uh, which is super nice. Uh, here in about three hours from recording, we'll be getting what uh, the uh, what is it the the, the seating the seating showdown show or whatever real thing yeah, yeah. where uh, teams get to talk trash to each other. So it's pretty interesting. I was watching a little bit of the EU one earlier today. So, um, but other than that, uh, let's take this right down into the news news brought to you as always by our patreons head over to patreon.com slash blackwatch reports become a patreon at the two dollar level you can sponsor the news this week is going to be none other than mr thugly thank you so much for your patronage kyle take us away so starting off we've got uh either sad news if you're a fan of comically large crosshairs or good news if you're a fan of ducks uh comically large crosshair has rebranded to drifters with a lovely duck icon and then the uh tagline that we utilize for our episode today is get ducked so it's the same roster from all i believe um but they just decided to rebrand for some reason maybe to look a bit more professional or something i don't know um interesting that's all i have it's just interesting i mean it's not it's a little easier to say yeah uh, and pronounce it's not like it doesn't take four words to abbreviate and all that sorts of stuff, but it's also less funny. True. So, bit unlucky there. And then for roster moves, the next little bit is a player that I don't think I've heard from in a couple of months. Uh, Fisher. F I S C H E R. I think he's Danish, not uh, the Korean main tank, the Danish DPS player, has joined British Hurricane as the head coach, which is super interesting. So. Should be interesting to see if he can make sure that they don't lose matches still. Because that's like all they have to do is hold up the flawless victory (laughs) over and over and over. He probably has the easiest job. You literally just come in, sit down, grab a coffee and a donut, and say, Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to collect this paycheck. I'm not going to change anything. We're doing fine. As soon as I, as soon as we lose a map, maybe I'll give you some pointers. But otherwise, just like 
Just yes, pay yes. me to do nothing. <laughs> but uh, coming back over to NA, Team Doge uh, losing OG and speedily uh, being replaced with Aspen and Naga. Uh, Naga coming back to NA. He played uh, EU last season with, I believe... I don't remember who Naga played with. Let me find out. What was it? Um, he played in EU, I believe, with Titans? Oblivion. 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 Um, and then Aspen coming over from Revival. So, um, Glad to have her not on a shit team anymore. Yes. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how she does uh, with a solid tank line. You know, some pretty good DPS. Um I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't remember whether or not she's better at Mercy or the Lucio. I think she was started out being good at the Mercy, then grinded the Lucio for a little bit. So I'm I'm wondering yeah. if this is a boon to the team or not now with the the change in meta. I think it may be. Um, and I can't remember how good Naga is at the other projected to be really really good heroes um, in the newer meta. I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit because we do have some kind of um, insights onto what this new meta is going to be with the new patch. Mm-hmm. Um, but on another note, we have, speaking of uh, support play, we have Odyssey adding the support player Momentum, who is a Brig Lucio 2 trick is what they're described as. Um, so that's kind of cool, I guess. I don't really know. I don't think they, I think they have six, but now they have a seventh. Because they have Luke Mino and Rack Attack. Mm. I think um, it's just the backup. Yeah, it is a bit interesting to have a backup, but I guess maybe maybe if you have Zen Anna being more of a possibility, you can have him in just for when you need the Lucio or the Brig, um, or ideally the Mercy. I don't know. It is interesting. And then we've got another retirement. Uh, Padafan announcing his... We actually got it in there twice. Um, Padafan announcing his retirement. Um, Looks like he's going to be heading over to Valorant. Uh, We've seen that quite a bit with a lot of players. Um, Most recently playing with uh, WGS Phoenix, uh, formerly from, you know, Eternal Academy, uh, looking really good over on Talent Esports uh, earlier in uh, 2020. So, Uh, He's been around for quite a while, but uh, said that he doesn't think that the game is bad. He's just not having fun anymore. So he's moving on to something that he enjoys a little bit more, and it's looking like that's going to be Valorant. So, you know, we watch Valorant tournaments too, so maybe we'll catch him on on one of these APAC teams that are starting to pop up. Yep, and they're getting a lot of tournaments there too, which is Mm -hmm. great to see. So it's a, a really good scene, especially after... Uh, contenders did pull the actual Pacific region and then kind of mixed it into Korea. Um, it is good to see Valor just still trying to do their best to to keep that region uh, always fresh with some new games and tournaments to play and stuff like that. So hopefully it works out. Um, next, in, speaking of Korea, we've got a new WGS roster announced. Uh, featuring Oberon, Muse, and Gable C on the tank line, Ace, I'm 37, and Valentine on the DPS line, Waffle, Faith, Simple, and Arong on the support line, with coaches Doby, Day One, and Lori. 
So a couple of familiar names in there. I am thirty seven Oberon. Mm-hmm. Um, cool to see so far. A lot of these other, I think Muse as well. A I lot of these other ones I'm not as familiar with. I'm trying to remember. You're probably there was a Valentine, but it was a it NA a Valentine okay. who was, I believe, also uh, banished for some amount of sketchy stuff. Yeah, I don't remember what, but I remember it was sketchy, and so. I'm pretty sure they have been removed from the scene. So now there's only one Valentine left, and I don't know anything about them other than they're on WJS Phoenix. And talking about, uh, you know, sketchy stuff. No, not really, but uh, Tier 2 Drama Alert formed uh, going into this season of Contenders. We've got Speedily, Hydron, Wub, Shapeshifter, Cucumber, and this is where OG landed alongside of Ultraviolet. Uh really liking this support line ultraviolet with og uh speedily hydron and wub all solid dps uh should be pretty interesting to see how that works out i have no clue who shapeshifter and cucumber are for their tank yeah line. i was gonna so say like this is a little bit stacked roster minus this tank line who i know nothing about they could be really good but i know nothing of them so there's no way to really know at the moment yeah and it I doesn't think... even look like they have no Liquipedia info or anything so like these are just two could just be a lot of stars. faces yeah who knows yeah um anywho moving on next little bit of news is that Nomi has left Triumph um I actually didn't see this one until right now this was August 19th left Triumph Gaming wish the players best of luck no idea what reason but Triumph has been having a rough go of things lately. A lot of players have been leaving a lot of different teams. There was some things with a Valorant roster that was promised, not promised. Yeah, there's been some weird things happening. Uh, I mean, their CSGO team is doing fantastic. They offloaded a player to Team Liquid, but uh, I think beyond that, they're not really... I think their COD team is also really good, too. Yeah, but, they like, were they're like kind of like Challengers Champions or something like that this yeah. last uh, Challenger series. They're two for four in the in the uh, FPS scene so far. They're two yep. for four, definitively. Um, definitely not as good as they used to be in Overwatch. That in 500. Um, yeah. And then, so we know Nomi was the coach. Their assistant coach, Empress, uh, also leaving Triumph. Um, quite literally after Triumph lost to Square One, Empress is heading over to join Square One as their head coach. Uh, so kind of a, a little bit of a step up there, uh, taking the head coaching role over for square one. That's going to wrap yep. it up for the news. We're going to get down into the quick play. Uh, tonight we're going to be covering the Valiant Feed Fest, and then we're going to talk about the Mayhem Summer Classic, and then me and Kyle both kind of have a beef to pick with. Uh, the the Summer Classic. Uh, we'll get to that when we get down there, though. So, uh, Kyle, why don't you break down this, or actually, I'll break down the bracket, because you've got the majority of the notes here. Uh, so, we see Slept On knocking Kratos down to, uh, oh no, there is no lower bracket. It was just out, knocking yeah, him just out. knocked out. Uh, Drifters fall to Triumph 3-1. Odyssey, uh, still looking good. They've been looking pretty solid the last couple tournaments we've seen them in. Knocking out Karasuno, 3-0, square one. Sending Revival home, 3-0. Revival with the clean new um, uh, 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 
branding and logo the, and all the that branding with the, the 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 noodle logo and everything um man they that's another team just not not living up to what they we used to expect from them slept on continuing you know to look good taking out triumph 3-1 odyssey beating square one 3-0 that sets up the uh third place match square one versus triumph square one beat triumph 3-1 and then Odyssey winning the finals 3-1, and we've got some notes on that. So, Kyle, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, so first off, um, there was some kind of interesting counterplay back-and-forth picks here. I think uh, we saw on University on Oasis, uh, Moser and Carrots ran the Zanana, which is pretty good at defeating the Roadhog, who's... Um, Previously believed to be a mainstay, but after playing a lot of comp with uh, with iPlay and Deathblow and Yankee and Jaylee, we we kind of discovered that like Hog's pretty good, but like he can be pretty easily countered. So a lot of the people who were talking about how absolutely oppressive he is, like watch this match and watch how um, Slept On can completely nullify. But where it kind of um, flipped around for him is Slept On ended up running a Winston Zarya for a long time and as someone who loves playing winston uh as soon as they go reaper you either have to be incredibly careful or you just switch because you're gonna get bodied at every turn and that's kind of what happened to doge and cowman on the side of slept on um Malthel ran the reaper hard countered him every time and that's really like that first map uh on oasis is where we saw that hard counter we saw um Rhino tried to run a lot of Roadhog, got shot down a lot with the support line. Big antis, big discords on him, uh, just burned him down quick, completely nullified his his ability to do what Hog needs to do. But then after that, Volskaya, Blizzard World, I think also Junkertown, it really falls down to just getting out out comped it looks like at a lot of these places. I think Blizzard World, especially they're running the Winston when they really shouldn't have. Um, a note on that too, Doge pops his ultimate Primal Rage on second point Blizzard World within about a half a second gets burned down all 1,000 HP because he dumped, jumped into the Reaper. I think they had a Zen there too. I think a Bap. Just everything... That makes a Winston's life unfun is what they did and brought it out. And if if that's the the engagement that I'm thinking of, that was a a basically lost engagement, anyways, because I think it was um, Dynasty tried going in just before that and just got absolutely destroyed. Like they were just running into a wall of damage, and it just. Nothing really went slept on's way uh, during that matchup. Um, I, I don't know, like, through this whole series, slept on just didn't look like they were aggressing enough. They were doing a lot of poke, uh, backing out, spending a lot of time on flanks that wouldn't pay off. It was... They, they looked like they were playing a little bit scared. Uh, there was... A little bit on Junkertown, where track on their defense just absolutely phenomenal on the widow. 
Um, mm-hmm. But there was no way that he was he was going to be able to hard carry because every time he'd get one pick, two picks, Malthiel would death blossom and get four picks, and then you know on Widow you're not doing a whole lot against the rest of the team. Didn't really work out. Um, wasn't able to do anything on the tracer on the attack for Junkertown. Uh, actually, they waited way too long. Uh, to switch and Dynasty came off of the Widow track went over to the Widow and it it's just they couldn't pick something and run it with confidence and it kind of showed on this and I mean Odyssey yeah. looks really good we seem to be in that early adopter period of a meta where it like it Teams do, like are, are still figuring out what to run and not yet how to run it, and so who whoever knows what to run first kind of has the advantage. Um, but then we've also seen really good fundamentals coming out of Odyssey. Like if mm-hmm. they're a team that has been able to survive across a couple of different metas so far, I mean in recent months only, like only within the last like two three months have they been able to be this consistent. Um. But I think one of the other things as well is they may Reaper comp from, I think it was Dynasty and Dynasty's on Odyssey, right? No, Dynasty's on uh, Who's the Who is the non-Malthel player, DPS player on Odyssey? I can't recall. Dove. Dove, yeah. So Dove was on the May, and then Malthel was on the Reaper, and on uh, Volskaya. They were real. Like I think it was a two-two, and I think they just needed to first point hold because they had no time left. Did slept on, and so honestly, just needed to hold them, and they did. Uh, but w- the reason that they did was because they ended up running the May Reaper there, and if you could hold that correctly, and first off deny the high ground um, coming up on the left side as the attackers, if you can deny that, and then hold in the hut with the May Reaper. You nullify the BAP um, window, you force them tanks to run in and wall them off on either side. Reaper just shreds them. Uh, They just played it super duper smart, really nullified the slept on tank line uh, and just gave no viewpoints for track to hit any shots. I forget what he was on, but I'm pretty sure he was on a sniper, either Ash or Widow. Mm. Uh, Just did nothing. So it was just a smart play from them, a good, like, kind of out-comping. Um, though I do think that you do have two incredibly educated and experienced coaches now on the side of Slept On who will hopefully give them the, the, the energy and information that they need to run it back and do it a little bit better um, in this season of contenders we have coming up this week. Yeah. Uh, Mouthfeel definitely the one carrying Odyssey, like every time you turned around, as soon as he went over to the Reaper, he was just shutting everything down, tanks, supports, um, getting super aggressive with his his shadow step, getting into the back line, getting right into the face of the supports. But Dove had a couple moments where he's playing Widow and would just pop off. Um, One of the, the craziest moments that I saw from Dove was actually back on Junkertown. It was on their defense. Um, Track sets up underneath of the first point, usually where 
the defenders will come out and jump off of the the top window. Track is directly underneath of that, and he's at a flank that nobody was expecting, and he got like two or three picks, I think. Uh, Dove notices the shots are coming from directly below him and just drops straight down in front of him while falling, headshots him, uh, which then sets up for a little bit of a stagger, and then there's kind of like a two-minute battle almost right there at the, the door, and Odyssey just keeps coming back, keeps coming back, and uh, are actually able to take everybody off of the points and full hold them right before point one. Um, Odyssey's just looking really, really good. Um, Going to be kind of exciting to see who they pick, because I want to say... I got I to gotta pull it up. Because the way that the seeding goes is everybody gets... Uh, the teams get to pick, so... So top four pick there, whoever they take. So Slept On, Odyssey, Doge, and Square One are picking? Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see who Odyssey picks out of... Um, I mean, it would be expected for them to take, you know, Triumph, Kratos, Drifters, or Karasuno. Um, I feel like Kratos is probably the... Yeah. I got a feeling Kratos, Kratos or Triumph will probably go to Slept On. Um, Odyssey yeah. probably oh, yeah. taking Karasuno. Uh, Doge will take the the split, but from uh, Kratos or Triumph, and Square One will probably take Drifters. It's yeah. my theories, but uh, that first matchup, we've seen most of the first matchups in this Contender series kind of go the three zero. It's not until we get into the second. Uh, to the semis uh, that we start to see a little bit better and the loser bracket run. So, um, But Odyssey's definitely been looking strong. I, I've got a feeling we yeah. might see another slept-on Odyssey finals here. And something interesting to note is, um, I guess, moving into the Mayhem Summer Classic, the team that ended up winning in the end is not even in contenders at the moment. So... I forget where they're going to play. I don't know if they're qualified for trials. I need to look up and I do some research on them. Do you think that they just announced that they're qualified for trials? I think uh, they... Oh, yes. yeah, I think they mentioned they had one open division only dropped a map. Yep. So. Um, anywho, that was, yeah, t- Tier 2 Drum Alert, which is the team that we talked about at the start, were the ones who ended up winning this Mayhem Summer Classic series that we couldn't watch. Uh, I was not around to watch it live, and then the stream is in 360p. I can't even read the text on who's playing what. So, um, we're just going to review the bracket, kind of. I mean, I'm really just going to cover like the, the final five or six matches, because this is a giant bracket. It's fascinating to see the juxtaposition between the Valiant Feed Fest, which had uh, eight teams, just in a regular single elim bracket with a third place match. Versus the, what, 16, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, double e, 16 team double Elim bracket, um, which just a lot of other random teams in here. Um, interesting thing to note, Ex Oblivion did play and got third place. Yeah, it did really uh, good. 
Tier 2 Drum Alert did incredibly well, beat out Odyssey 4-2 in the Grand Finals. Drifters lost in the lo- Losers Semifinals as well, so they're d- doing okay. Um, but Odyssey did actually get knocked down by Ex Oblivion into the lower bracket, made their way back, got the salty run back against them in the Losers Finals before ultimately losing to Tier 2 Drama Alert, who dropped three maps total in the whole series, uh, the whole uh, tournament, actually. They lost one map to Oblivion and then two more to Odyssey. Yeah, like, Mayhem, This they did the Winter Classic. This is the Summer Classic. So they're kind of getting, getting a little more... Uh, Accumated to uh, running these tournaments, uh, a lot of good production on both of the Feed Fest and the Mayhem Classic. Um, watching the Feed Fest, they had like trivia in between maps. They had uh, like how-to tutorials between maps, and then on the Mayhem one, they had um, oh god, what was it? I. I saw one thing where it was like a little sketch thing uh with um Thibble and like one of the the managers talking about running hmm. uh tournaments and stuff. That was about Oh yeah, their all, events manager. I didn't see that. Yeah, that was about all that I could watch that wasn't pixelated, which was super weird. Um there was some Boopasaurus ASMR on one of these two tournaments, and it was really I, I like ASMR makes me so unbelievable, unbelievably uncomfortable. Like I love Boop, but holy crap, I want to never see that ever again in my life. The the tweet with it where he's just like eating his mic. I was like, dude, I can't watch this Boop. You're one of my favorite guests and people to talk to. But man, I can't have you all up in my ear like that. That's some that's that's yep. some real sensitive stuff, man. Um, but like to see these teams putting on these tournaments and putting in actual production hours, they're not just throwing it together like there was custom graphics, there was custom mm-hmm. overlays, like videos and transitions. Like if we got more of this and like Dan said when we were talking to him last week. If they can figure out how to incorporate these tournaments into a way that yeah. teams can get into uh, trials or or contenders, like it, we get almost no viewership on open division stuff, but like yeah, if we had this type of quality tournaments to watch for teams that were coming up, it would boost tier two significantly, and I would love to see it. And Mayhem and Valiant are both doing a fantastic job at kind of, you know, getting that ball rolling for for these teams here. Yeah, I, I like, and I would love to see ideas of first off, uh, the path to pro team. First off, like like Dan said, implementing qualifier systems throughout these tournaments, as well as I think that that's what COD does on different. Um, when they had the home and away games, you would have uh, the tier two tournaments hosted by the home team anyways. So you had stuff like that would be, I think would be amazing to have is you have different teams doing different tournaments for their own um, regions. So you have, you know, the EU teams like British hurricane hosting a EU tournament, uh, or I guess London Spitfire hosting an EU tournament. Um, Same as eternal. Uh, You've got all the NA teams hosting theirs. And just even if they don't have academy teams or whatever, you still just have um, 
local engagement in whatever your region is. You're hosting these things. It'd be great if Blizzard put up some money as well. So you had a doubled prize pool. Plus, if you win this, you automatically qualify for contenders at yeah. you know the eighth seed or whatever. Stuff like that, I think, would be great to see. Um, kind of mixing it up and not just having contenders, trials, open division, having kind of these these one offs. I think keep things a bit different and allow people to come from different new places because I'm a I've never watched tier two in my life, but boy, do I love that Florida mayhem because I'm from Orlando and Florida mayhem is my team and they're doing pretty good now. So I follow them on Twitter. Oh, they're doing a tournament. Huh? What's this? I don't know any of these teams, but okay. We have a couple people that I've heard of. Okay. This caster guy I know and all oh, those teams are actually pretty cool. Okay. Interesting. Like it's good to get viewpoints and viewership from new locations and utilizing these yep. teams and their followings, I think is a great way to do that. And that was kind of another thing, like, with the casting, like, for the Feed Fest, you had, you know, ZP coming down and casting. Yeah, ZP with a vast as well. Contenders again. Like, this is someone who's been casting Overwatch League, so it's a face that people know, it's a voice that people know. Um, It's not like... I, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way and thinking that I'm like throwing shade at the casters of, you know, open division contenders or anything like that. But these are these are the the people that Overwatch League fans are used to hearing. They know the production quality coming from them. So when they see that they're doing another tournament, they're like, "Okay, I enjoy watching them cast Overwatch League." I might enjoy watching them cast, you know, tier two drama alert versus Odyssey. Um, it's just one of those things where I really hope that they're able to work it out, especially with the teams able to host tournaments with their licensing. Um, yeah, like the Call of Duty thing, that was one of the things that I found really interesting where before the matches for Call, like the home games, the I, I think that was the Challenger series. Like, mm-hmm. each home game Challenger series would be played before the actual Call of Duty League matches, and they had most of it, like, actual lands there at the, the home game. Um, I don't think that would... Wor- the home game lands would really work for Overwatch... Um, yeah, getting all the teams there is a huge issue, especially yeah. when half of these NA teams are really just EU players. Yeah, a bunch of EU players. Um, but if if it was something that was put on, and I mean, maybe you even have it to where the finals play out, you know, two hours before the start of the game's on Friday when we're back to home games, you know, something like that. Uh, I think that'd be cool. You play it on the big screen, you know, the finals of the, you know, Dallas fuel, um, fuel fest or whatever. Yeah. As people are coming into the arena, like you got a tier two tournament, you know, grand finals going on while people are going to their seats and buying their, you know, their drinks and their merch and everything. It's something Mm -hmm. other than just fluff. Like, yeah. and then these people that are there see these players and get to experience a little bit of tier two without having to deeply follow 
and they might see names that will pop up going to the fuel or going to the outlaws maybe you know that random tier two player that the shock pick up and turns out to be a phenomenal player i'm looking at you and um like it would just be really cool to see that incorporated directly into uh home games totally but now we've got to talk about we already kind of did some previewing of who we think is going to pick who in this seating uh thing tonight because we know that the the top four are picking the bottom out of the bottom four who they want to face off first um and since we do know that slept on one last month they have first pick odyssey gets second doge gets third square one gets fourth we have speculated who they're going to pick but we have not yet talked about where we think this bracket is going to be worked out. Um, I guess something interesting to note is some teams that we lost between last, uh, between July and August are as follows. Scion Esports and Malibu have both been replaced by Karasuno and Kratos. So now we do get to see Karasuno, a team that has a huge uh name potential roster but hasn't quite made it work yet uh and then kratos a team i know very little about but have been kind of bouncing between trials and contenders in recent times uh, you know on this team support lines the only thing that i know on kratos six feet and gunther yeah i don't, I don't know any of these other people anybody else i mean and like I mean, other their coaches or GMs or any of those. And every time we talk about Karasuno, I just got to run back through the roster because we're talking about asking Finzi, Jekaru, Gustav, Doggo, and then like there's Delight, Drake. Um, Now, I've heard this player called a couple different things. I've heard him called Sam. I've seen. Yeah, his name Sam. is Samuel, so I think it is probably just Sam. But then the- on the cast, when when I was catching little bits and pieces of it, I heard people calling him Nine Millimeter. I think that that's probably. So, I don't. Know, I think it'd be in, it'd be uh, interpreted in very different ways. I I've, I've heard his name is Sam, so I think that yes, the 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 nine is occasionally used as the a it looks like a lowercase a i yeah. don't know it's whatever um but like but this is a good roster <laughs> yeah it's, I, it's just like, they haven't they haven't made it stick yet no i just like, i'm wondering what happens watching them get three owed constantly is kind of heartbreaking <laughs> yeah another thing that's heartbreaking is seeing what happens to uh drifters after they lost uh Tayo and Iris LR15 <laughs> as he's known as in some some corners. Uh they have not had a good performance in recent times as well. They got 5th 6th last season uh in most of these games that we reviewed. Let's see. They got knocked out first round in Valiant Feed Fest. They made it to second round, third round, and fourth round knocked out or third round, got knocked out by Tier 2 Drama Alert, then got knocked out by Odyssey in loser semifinals, so they're doing a 
bit better, but they're still not cracking that like top four position. Um, and this was a team that was previously top two, mm-hmm. often top one in NA. So after losing two pretty big players, they seem to be kind of hamstrung in recent years. As well as Team Doju, again, was the other team in that top spot. Again, lost some core players. They lost Kevster, lost Onigod, two very clearly Overwatch League caliber players who have both been popping off in OWL. And um, trying to fill that spot has been less than uh, easy, to say the least. Yeah. Um, they've kind of have a essentially a half new roster already. Sally, A Fox, and uh, well, I guess Sally and A Fox because you lost. Finzi, you lost uh, uh, Onigod, you lost Kevster, you lost OG. Um, so, mostly a new roster, honestly. But let's get into our top three predictions for the bracket. Um, ours are slightly different. Only a little bit. We both have Drifters in the third place spot. Yep. I think. We may be possibly underrating Square One because they did pretty good last month. Um, we may be underrating Team Doge as well. They could be really good with this new meta and uh, new pieces inserted into the roster. But we both have a little bit of faith in Drifters here to bring the third place home. But now the first and second, we both have the same two teams at the first and second spot, but they are flipped. They're a little flipped. I have slept on as first place Odyssey as second. You've got Odyssey as first slept on second. Yep. Um, we did see that slept on lost to Odyssey in the feed fest. So it, um, you do have some evidence to support your thesis. Uh, though I do have my counter argument is essentially that um, I have more faith in the coaching. I don't know any of the coaches. They don't have. They have a player development coach for Odyssey. Never heard of him before. They don't have an actual coach at all. Um. Meanwhile, Slept On does have two former Overwatch League players as their coaches, and I think that the problems that I saw from Slept On were problems that can be coached away. It was issues with comps and counter comps and being dumb in playing into things that clearly counter you and either not know how not knowing how to play against that as a team or not knowing what to play against that as a team um are things that i think can be fixed by gods and by fact fiction and i think that the team has enough experience to be able to put that um feedback into action quickly enough also, um, Rhino, as amazing as he was on other heroes, being forced onto the hog he didn't looked look good. rough for them. Yep. Then going to the ball as a follow-up and also getting hard countered. Um, if they can find ways to keep him on those two heroes and not on the Orisa, which is, I think, his more bread-and-butter hero, I think that they can really like bring this team down. So, see, that's that's kind of my my 
hypothesis on this particular argument. With this one and two, it's very easy to flip both of them because we've seen Odyssey, you know, beat slept on pretty handedly. Um, Rhino was kind of a glaring issue on that Oasis map. Um, was not wasn't landing hooks really awkward uh whole hogs that he used um but these are things that i think that after you go back and you watch your yourself play through that it's something that's easily you know fixed uh you're able to practice a little bit more um the whole hogs were probably more comms things um not realizing that a large portion of your team was already dead you were in a lost fight why are you hitting q um, but if, if Rhino's able to clean up his hog a little bit, cause he wasn't, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great either. If he can clean up the hog a little bit, um, I think it's salvageable, but if he's able to get onto a, a more familiar hero, like you said, um, the Vulcan Rhino combo is, is pretty solid, uh, on the tank line Vulcan playing Sigma really well. So I'm giving this up to the fact that Malthiel is just absolutely dominant when it comes to playing on the Reaper. Um, he's able to run a lot of counter picks. Um, and then you got Dove, who plays the hit scan phenomenally, you know, just as good as basically anybody sitting in contenders right now. Um, it it was it was difficult because I like the coaching staff of Slept On. Uh, I think they're phenomenal. I'm just thinking that Odyssey is going to be running on kind of that high that they they won it in uh, the Feed Fest, and that's going to give them just a little bit more confidence. Um, slept on didn't look very confident. They've got, you know, basically a week to find that confidence that Odyssey already has going into contender. So, um, I'm giving this one to Odyssey. If, uh, if they face off against each other, I think Odyssey takes it again. All right. What? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm, I'm really curious to see how this is going to go. We both have very compelling arguments um between why these two teams and i'm gonna go knowing our luck it's gonna be some other third team just comes in and was gonna win it <laughs> yeah just out of Tramp nowhere just buys all the better players and swaps out or something like i don't know who knows it's it's interesting but, but it is. i don't know i think that that's yeah go ahead i was just gonna say it's this format like we talked about with dan it makes everything a little bit more interesting every month. Yes, we get less compelling matches, but the matches we get are of a higher quality, uh, which yeah. is very nice. And if we continue to get stuff like Speedfest and the Summer Classic from not just the Valiant and the Mayhem, if we can get a couple other teams to jump in here, like I know Philly was doing something, but I think it was more of a of an arcade type thing. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, and Philly has Nerd Street Gamers as their like big partner in a lot of these tournaments, and they Nerd Street Gamers has been crushing it. They've been doing half of the um, ton of stuff for ignition series stuff. Um, they've been huge, like fantastic group uh, for production, and I think that like they just have an easy in there. Yep. Um, it so just like, all it takes is them just doing it, really, just doing it. Um, so if we start to see some more of that stuff, um, I think we could breathe a little bit more life into tier two, and it'd be exciting to see exactly how. You know, I know we're still in twenty twenty. But I've already watched this whole year of everything because it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, to see how contenders and the Path to Pro advances in 2021, um, if we're able to start doing live events again. Uh, we still haven't heard anything about Gauntlet. Uh, we know that there is a Gauntlet of some sort going to be happening. Uh, Dan did say... Pay attention to socials over the next couple of weeks because he seemed pretty excited about something that was going to be dropping, but he wouldn't give us any leaks. Unfortunate, <laughs> but I understand it. Um, so hopefully we hear about Gauntlet and we can kind of start to piece together what it's going to look like and how they're going to play it. But I think that's everything for tonight. There wasn't a whole lot since we couldn't watch the Mayhem. It's your... Get your VODs fixed, ma'am. You guys did phenomenal Please. on everything else. On everything else. Like I the, just can't watch it. The little bit that I tu- tuned into live looked good. Like, casting was great. Graphics were great. Matches were being, like, just absolutely phenomenal. The only problem was is I was busy, so I was only catching, like, ten minutes at a time while I was doing other things. And then I go to watch the VOD, and it's unwatchable. So, um, yeah, figure out your bit rates. But, uh, Kyle, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter. Um, you can also probably find me on whoever's streaming out of uh, Deathblow, and if Deathblow streams or iPlay or whatever, you can find me on their streams playing Overwatch or Ballot with them usually yep. most days. Um, but I'm not streaming myself. Yeah, just Kyle the Winner on Twitter is really my go-to place, as well as hanging out in the Discord on occasion. I'm having a busy week this week and next week, and basically up until September 12th, we're doing our big game showcase. Um, after that, I get to relax a bit. Nice. And I will maybe be playing more games and doing more stuff, but we'll see in the future. Yes, Definitely. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Thorn Rain. Uh, I stream right here on Twitch at the Blackwatch Report Twitch channel. When I do stream, uh, I might try to stream Fall Guys, see if it works. And you guys might see me cussing and punching my desk and throwing stuff at my kid. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but you can, uh, if you are an audio listener, head over to Twitch, hit that follow button. Uh, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber that means you've got a twitch prime we are affiliates you can hit that subscribe button for free but if you want to help out absolutely free leave us a review uh itunes uh any pod catcher that that gives the option send us a screenshot we'll read it live on the show uh you can find the show right here on twitter at blackwatch report email the show blackwatch report at gmail.com follow the show on twitch twitch.tv slash blackwatch report Record live Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern. Our intro music is an original piece by our own Mr. Kyle Wynn. 
This has been a High Noon production. You can find all of our shows over at highnoonpodcast.com and come and chat with all the hosts on the Discord that Kyle was just talking about at discord.me slash highnoonpodcast. And with that, Blackwatch out.